Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Dermot and Dave's Mind Yourself Now. Mind Yourself Now. Mind Yourself Now. Mind Yourself Now. Our next guest is currently in America travelling on helicopters and private jets don't you know, helping one very lucky baby and their parents to get to sleep and she's here now to answer your questions. Good morning Kelly Gagan from sleepystars.ie Morning guys, how are we? We are delighted to be speaking to you again. You know what, people keep having children and they keep having questions. Thankfully you're our favourite expert and you can bring us uh, the answers. So we'll kick off with this one. Can you ask Kelly, is it bad to take my nine month old out in the car at night to soothe them to sleep? Worried about starting a bad habit but needs must. (laughs) So what I will say there is the car can achieve the sleep but it's not going to be quality sleep. Your nine month old can do roly polies, they need to be able to move around so now and again absolutely fine but you don't want to be driving up the Wicklow Mountains at four in the morning, it's not safe for you or Baba. So yeah I would start working towards um, motionless naps and nights if possible. How bad is using a soother? My little one is 18 months and it's cemented into her mouth. (laughs) Where do I start in removing it (laughs) if it is a problem? So think of the soother like our pillow and our duvet. If you fell asleep and I snuck in and rubbed your pillow and your duvet and you woke up and they were gone, you wouldn't be a happy bunny. Okay, so when the suitor falls out, some children can plug it back in and go straight back to sleep. Whereas others, they're searching around for it, they find it and they're like, I'm awake now and I had a nap and it's four in the morning, let's party. (laughs) So what I always advise parents to do is reduce access to it during the daytime in advance of maybe moving away from it. But you cannot get rid of a primary source of comfort, which is a soother, without having a secondary source on standby. So a little friend, a little snuggy teddy, a little unicorn, teddy bear, monkey, whatever you want. And anytime your child gets the suitor, they get this friend. The first few weeks, they're probably going to throw it back at you. Um, But you want to bring this friend, you know, out in the swings, in the garden. You want to play hide and seek with this friend. You know, if you just go, here's the teddy. There you go. I'm going to take your suitor away. They're not going to know what to do. But if you really introduce this friend and put positive energy into it, like anything, if you're playing with remote control, they want the remote control. If you're playing with your phone, they want your phone. If you're playing with the teddy, they'll want the teddy. So if you have that secondary source of comfort lined up whilst you're reducing the soother, um, that's going to help you get... You don't have to get rid of it unless it's causing sleep um, disruptions at night. But I would say reduce access to it during the day. Your child doesn't need it when they're, you know, playing Play-Doh or Lego or whatever it is they're into. Mm. I'd say there's a lot of adults listening saying, uh, every night my partner takes away my pillow and the duvet. (laughs) And uh, I wake up at four in the morning (laughs) and I'm not a happy bunny. (laughs) Here's one. About to start potty training. Should I change anything around sleep or stick with using nappies at night? So usually we potty train during the day around two, two, two and a half when the child is showing the signs. There's a um, a video on my social media if these guys want to have a more detailed answer. But basically around three, we do nighttime and approaching three. So when your child has the potty training down during the day, you've no real accidents then what we do is we're trying to reduce the access to fluids after 5.30. I'm not saying don't give them anything. I'm just saying give them less than what they normally have. And then you would do like a dream wee before you go to bed. So you bring them to the bathroom, help them sit on the toilet or their potty, 
and then you go to bed and set your alarm about 20 minutes before they normally wake up and go in and go, yay, you didn't have any accidents. I'm so proud. So do that with the pull-ups on mm. and then change to the big boy or big girl pants. It's funny, like you, you, you it's like bringing your best friend who's drunk to the bathroom at night time. <laughs> They're like, eh. <laughs> it works because we want, we don't want them to have accidents. You know, it is, you know it is. <laughs> I think we, we probably have similar friends, Kelly. <laughs> Someone says, have to do a very long flight to the States next month, bringing my three-year-old. What do I do before the flight, on the flight, after the flight? There's someone who is clearly <laughs> dreading this. You survive. If possible, on a long haul, try go at nighttime because that will just help. It's going to be, if it's a long flight, it's very difficult to entertain a child for most of that time and let's face it they're probably not going to have their usual nap so if you if your flight is at night that's really going to help for other guys who are considering long haul try book a night flight and bring loads of little entertainment go to your little cheap toy shop pen shops whatever and get like a bag of little toys don't expose them all on the runway okay spread those bad boys out (laughs) okay to make them last Bring your snacks and when they are going to sleep, put them in their pajamas. That can help as well. But really, flight days don't really count. You just survive. You get to where you need to go and then you get back on track. And if you're changing time zone and there's a big chunk, when you get to your hotel or wherever it is you've arrived, not at the airport, to your hotel, you look at the clock and you go, okay, what do we normally do at 3 p.m. in Ireland? And try and do that no matter what's happened previously. And that will get you onto local time in three to five days. Mm, okay. Yeah, I remember seeing a family freaking out because their toddler was just screaming on the plane and this was before it took <laughs> off. And they were like, oh, what's wrong with her? What's, why won't you sit down? And I was like, I think that's because uh, that toddler has a packet of Mentos in each hand. <laughs> like, you know, so maybe, maybe don't just like t- tear into the sugar uh, in Terminal 1 before you even leave the ground. Exactly. Let them run wild in Terminal 1, but don't fill them full of sugar. Let them <laughs> yeah. have that little dance and burn off. All right, it's your turn. Go. Finally, about to have my first child, says a uh, message. Scared of lack of sleep. Please help. Um, this is, this okay. is a bit like saying um, I'm learning to drive, but I don't really like roads. <laughs> like it just comes with the territory. Yes, it does. So now, if you if these parents are routine orientated, I do a let's get started plan. Um, I will be doing a webinar when I come back in October, which um, will definitely help. The Baba that I'm working with here in the States is eight weeks old and is sleeping from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. with two dream feeds. So at 12 weeks old, this Baba will sleep from 7 to 7 with one dream feed around 11 p.m. So you don't have to sleep train. It's all about gently putting the naps in the right place that will be complementary to the night as the child gets older. So you can really start that at six weeks old. And your baby can be sleeping through by 12 weeks old with no sleep training. Um, there's, you know, a lot of assisted naps. Um, some children just fall into it, uh, the, the little rhythm. And others, we need to help them a little bit. But, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be 12 years of no sleep. It can be 12 weeks of very little sleep and then things can get better. Yeah. And in fairness, you know, people are having kids all the time and you're never, you don't hear of parents just dropping dead from lack of sleep. 
um, generally. And yeah. I know I'm saying that. I can hear my wife going, Dermot, I did all the night feeds, so what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you go into parent, in parent mode and you just figure it out. Everyone does. And, you know, uh, our parents will say, oh, we didn't have to do any of that. My own mother was, you know, has selective memory. Oh, I didn't have to do any of that kind of stuff. No such thing as sleep training. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's uh, you, you, everyone figures it out in the end it can be a pleasant journey or a brain fog but everyone gets there Kelly, lovely, thank you for uh, taking the time to speak to us and staying up so late uh, in the States to do it, Uh, we really appreciate it we'll talk to you soon No problem, I'll be back soon, take care Bye Kelly Dermot and Dave Weekdays from 9am Today FM